Into the Breach. Easy on the wallet, but is it worth your time? We pilot mechs and battle the Vec in order to find out. Here on Broke and Gaming. Welcome, absolutely everyone, to Broke and Gaming. I'm your emotionally detached stepfather host, Shay. I'm your absolutely overworked other co-host, Dan. And I'm the guy who should podcast more, Lex. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we need to get you on some sort of project. But hey, Lex, how's it going, man? Good, good. I, I, I'm great. It's been, like I kind of just alluded to, it's been a while since I've been sitting here in front of my, my microphone. I should be not only recording podcasts more, but also streaming more. I've just been... Uh, I've been busy lately with yeah, with kids and personal family stuff. And I won't get into on your podcast and bore all your listeners with. But uh, yeah, no, I I'm really excited to be on. I really miss it. I really miss. Uh, I haven't mentioned this yet, but if you don't know, I'm uh, I also do virtually analog the virtually analog channel um, where I stream on Twitch and I um, we had a podcast <laughs> had past ten uh, which hasn't <laughs> been updated in months, but we're 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 looking to start it up again soon, hopefully and. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys giving me the chance to, to come on and, and talk about some games again. Yeah, man. And also, shout out to Matthew. Also, Yes, missed. of course. Matthew, my uh, my co-host on Virtually Analog. We love him. Uh, if you haven't yet, go listen to the first episode that we were on, the um, Hollow Knight episode. It was like one of my favorite podcast episodes ever. Like the one, like just not just because I'm on it. Like even if I wasn't on it, that episode was great. So uh, ever since then, I've been dying to get get back on your guys' show. So thank you again for having me. So truth be told, that's our most popular episode. So we're just trying to gain viewers <laughs> and listeners again by having you on. Like this is sure. all a ploy. But yeah, so you guys wanted to talk about uh, a game that you have both been playing recently. Hell yeah. Uh, Children of Morta. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna give them the rundown, Lex? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I always wanna abbrevi- abbreviate it, but it sounds like just whenever I abbreviate Children of Morta, I always feel like I'm saying like "come," which is like, <laughs> which is less like not. I'm like, hey Shay, you wanna play some "come" tonight? It's like, oh no, that's not ideal at all. Uh, so I've been calling it Morta now instead um probably for the best yeah 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 um but uh yeah no it's i mean this game is probably one of the most slept on games uh video games that i've discovered in like the past three years uh it came out in 2019 uh to little to no fanfare i mean if you guys if any of the listeners have heard about it and have been playing it. That's awesome. But it came out in 2019. They're still updating it to this day. It's not a dead <laughs> game or anything. And really, like, the best way I can break it down, like, my sales pitch whenever I'm trying to convince people to play it with me, is that it's basically, like, multiplayer Hades. Which is, like... Yeah. If you love Hades, which everybody does, it won all the awards and everyone considers right. How this... How could a, you not love Right. Hades? This yeah. great game because it is a great game. It's basically that, but uh, not quite up to the same, like, level of polish, right? Like, it's not... I would never say it's as good as Hades. If I'm playing, like, single player, I'd play Hades every time. But the fact that I can play it with other people, like, for me personally, a way that I prefer to play games, to be able to cooperatively uh, play a, a dungeon crawler like that. Uh, if you haven't played Hades, Children Morta is kind of similar. It's a roguelike, roguelike dungeon crawler where you're playing as... This 
cast of characters that are all like one big family. Shay likes to call them a cult family because they definitely yes. are. Because they're and absolutely kind of... a fucking cult. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's kind of stereo, it's very like Lord of the Rings-y, where, uh, you know, you, you are all playing as humans, but, so there's not like elves and dwarves and stuff, but I, what I mean by Lord of the Rings-y is like, you play as this family who live in a forest, and there is like a great evil that is starting to emerge, and so it's you've been tasked with figuring out where the evil's coming from and trying to stop it, it's like... And then you throw As the Kelsey ring. Kelsey would and... say that high fantasy <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you're trying to throw the ring into Mordor and and be gay with Sam, but uh, <laughs> no, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that um, story aside, it's the mechanics of it are really, uh, like I said, not quite as good as Hades. But Hades is such like a high bar that you know you can't really mark it against that. But uh, like I said, it's continually updated, and just recently they introduced. Um, like a, um, what what would you call it, Shay? I can't remember what it's called. Like an adventure mode, or a... I think it's called like a family trials or something like family that. Family trials. That's exactly what it's called. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's basically, basically it's like an endless survivor mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Right. Exactly. And all the all the uh, family members are unlocked, and all their upgrades are kind of unlocked. But you, there's still ways to like. It's still a roguelike, so there's still ways to slowly improve your your. Um, stats and stuff but when you die you lose everything you have to start over um so yeah so uh i joked around about how we were just going to turn this episode into it but i think that might actually (laughs) we might actually turn this episode about children of morta i think we might spend more time talking about children of morta than we will uh, (laughs) um, into the breach i'm equally bad at both of them so it it makes no difference to me (laughs) yeah um the game kind of it's it's supposed to be a couch co-op game, you know, kind of those calling back to those old days where we used to you know be able to gather around and, and play uh, games sitting next to each other, and now everybody's on Fortnite playing, you know, with hundreds of people they they've never met before. Um, I sound like an old man yelling at a cloud. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say all the damn kids in their <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs> but no, I really like the fact that this game is kind of like. It's calling back to an older era of gaming, but so you can't play. There's no online multiplayer yet. Uh, if you look at the designer notes, it looks like they're working on it. But what you can do is the Steam remote access or like let play, let's play. I think is what it's called f- functionality. And basically, Steam just generates a link, and you can send that link to people, and they don't need to own the game. They can just click on that link and. Uh, kind of plug and play Shay you and I have run into some like laggy issues but all in all I've had pretty good experiences with it yeah I was gonna say I I think most of our issues came from you know someone's internet that night almost certainly mine but yes (laughs) thank you for for being kind and not calling out my my horrible wi-fi but and then when I was playing with you Dan I thought that when we were having laggy issues only to Come to find out that you were using a trap. That you're pack. a psychopath. <laughs> that yeah. you're a fucking psychopath. Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I, tell, I'm just, tell the people why, Dan. <laughs> well, so I'm a console gamer. Like, I don't really fuck around with PC stuff too much. So when we were playing this game, which, you know, it's not the most complicated controls. It's not World of Warcraft or anything like that. But I was playing with the trackpad on my laptop. I don't see a problem here. Oh, my God. You know. 
it, is it, the trackpad made out of somebody else's skin? Well, what's funny is like when I'm at my partner's place, she has a mouse for everything, so I'm I do it there. When I'm at work, I use a mouse all day. I don't know why I never just bothered to get one for my own. I yeah. it's it's stupid. <laughs> and yeah, you were at your partner's house. With, so the other thing I want to mention was you can actually, if you're doing remote play, you can plug in a controller. Like the person who is remoting in can plug in a controller. You didn't have access to your controller because you weren't at home. No, they were um, all at my apartment. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, can't can't blame you there. But the fact that you got like any kills at all using a trackpad is like a miracle. <laughs> it, like had any amount of enjoyment in the game at all was. Yeah, I had to because with movements and and the button tracking and stuff like that, I kept having to switch from my right and left to work the trackpad in order to aim and move and do it like all the things at once. It was. Yeah. Uh, oh, I God. needed an extra arm. Yeah, <laughs> more important than a mouse would be an extra arm in this particular case. But so, yeah, no, the the game is really interesting, and I, I do want to dive more into it when I have the time, which is just, ugh. yeah, that's a big thing. It's time, and it's also like, uh, I think it's like twenty five dollars, which I know like we shouldn't be talking about it on this podcast because that's <laughs> over your guys. Oh, limit. we talk about AAA games all the time on here. We just <laughs> sure, we're just not sure. going to review them. Right, right, right. So we're not going to give an official review on Children Morta, but and I'm I'm not going to officially endorse it either until they do add that onto online multiplayer because I know I was just like yelling at uh, you know, angry old man yelling at clouds. But the fact that your game has been out for three almost four years now and you haven't added online multiplayer, yeah, that's for a multiplayer true. game that's kind of crazy. Now it's probably an, an indie studio. I don't remember the studio name, but um, hey, just know. a just a quick update. Yeah. Uh, Children of Morta Complete Edition bundle right now on Steam for fourteen ninety. Oh snap! Hell okay, yeah. I can give the official review then. Stamp of <laughs> approval. <laughs> you yep, heard it here we're... first. Broken gaming, perfect game. No, um, I'm not authorized. I'm not authorized to do that. Uh, but, that that's uh, a freelance opinion, people. <laughs> my my opinions are my own. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this is Monday the t- uh, sorry Sunday the tenth that we're recording. So if you catch it this week. You can pick up this game that we've spent, you know, the first chunk of this show talking about, which yeah. I, I did enjoy. I, I think it's a good game. So I, especially at that price, I have no reserves about uh, at that price. I have no reserves about, uh, you know, recommending it. But at 25 with no online, like in, in this, you know, 2021, trying to get a game like that when you, if you don't have someone who lives with you, who is a gamer as well, it's kind of yeah. kind of a hard sell. But anyway. I think uh, I think just if I was going to do like a capsule version of what i feel the game is it's basically gauntlet but roguelike yes Mm -hmm. so if that interests you at all go ahead and check it out speaking of roguelikes how about we get into this episode's game guys let's do it all right then we will start as we always start with our short change history into the breach is a 2018 roguelike turn-based tactical hybrid game developed and released by subset games Subset Games consists of founding partners Matthew Davis and Justin Ma, as well as per-game contributors such as composer Ben Prunty and writer Chris Avalone, who previously worked on the Fallout series and Star Wars titles Knights of the Old Republic and Jedi Fallen Order. Into the Breach is the second game from Subset, following the critical success of FTL, or Faster Than Light. Into the Breach received several industry awards, including Best Strategy Game at the Game Awards 2018, into the Breach is currently available on Switch, Windows, Mac OS, and, say it with me, Shay, Stadia. Stadia. 
<laughs> this keeps popping up now that we mentioned it. Yeah, but you'll never fucking be able to find it in their library. No. Nope. <laughs> you just have to scroll through pages and pages of everything yep. that's on there. Yep. You guys, this game is fucking hard. Let's just... Just right off the bat, I want to put it out there. This is one of the most gruelingly difficult games I've played in a while. And I'm really bad at it. I wasn't kidding during the intro <laughs> segment. I'm really, really bad at this game. So, Dan, I 1,000% agree with you. I, I, I said this before we start recording, but this is my favorite game that I am the worst at. But, big but here, I... <laughs> in order to kind of prep for this podcast, I played a little bit of it, and I also wanted to watch Shay play it. So we hopped on Discord, and I had Shay... I had them screen share them playing it, and <laughs> I was uh, I was absolutely amazed with how well Shay was doing. It was crazy. <laughs> Shay didn't get, like take hardly any hits. <laughs> they just blew right through like the first territory. It was wild. It was like... <laughs> It was like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it was like watching a professional pitcher pitch a, like, a, an, like yeah. at an MLB game, like pitching a fastball, like, and standing this right is, there next to them while they're doing it. This is it. good. Yep. This is a good one. That was a good analogy. Well, next. yeah. I know. I, really, know. I, I was trying to think of like, this is why we're into video I was trying to think of the games. hardest thing to do in sports, and that's whatever. No, what they say is the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a, 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 a fastball, but. Anyway, I shouldn't try to sport on this podcast. I, I, I realize that now. Um, but uh, we'll 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 start a separate sports, like a bad sports analogy podcast. That'll be yeah, the whole sure. thing. I think what that means is that Shay is the uh, most qualified then to tell us exactly what this game is about. So 100%. Shay, if you don't mind, oh, I would love to, Dan. So in Into the Breach, you play as these pilots in mechs who come from the future to these the set of islands to prevent an invasion of a bug-like alien species known as the Vec. In your mech suits, you have to protect what's known as a power grid, which is keeping humanity alive. And as you progress from each island, you will battle different um, Vec types, uh, culminating in a boss fight with a just brutally difficult Vec boss. Unless you're Shay and you just beat them first try. <laughs> yeah, quick question about that. Did you do that with, with like standard mechs or did you level them up? Like had they progressed at that point or was that like level one guys? No, level one guys. I, actually, what I, oh my God. I had this three of the same mechs too. Like, Oh, that uh, was the other crazy thing is like, yeah, I love to mix and match my parties and like, and then when Shay was going into this with like all of the, th it was just those like three base mechs that just punch real hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was no uh, like ranged, no ranged mechs or anything like that. Just nah. <laughs> Shay just God. went in and hulked these <laughs> mechs. Which can we can we take a second and talk about the the name Vec for for the enemy? I, I, what are you? Where are you guys at on that? How do you feel about the the name Vec? I mean, um, I think 
I think as storytellers, we're kind of running out of things to call alien life forms. So, <laughs> I, yeah, what are you, you gonna can't, do? You can't fault them for that. I suppose no. you're right. I just I think it's a terrible day for for for, uh, for an enemy for an alien for an enemy life form. It, it doesn't it doesn't like invoke fear or like it just sounds like an annoyance more than anything. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's what Shay made them seem like. It's just like an annoyance more than anything else. Literally swatting um, flies. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I appreciate the heaping praise that I got for this run because it is truly incredible how well it went. Yeah. But that is the luckiest that I have ever been on a run of Into the Breach because and I, like the two of you, am typically fucking horrible at this game. And you bring up a really good point because I think this game relies on luck so much mm -hmm. uh, for a, a strategy game. As far as the way the battles play out, it's like a really slimmed down version of like Fire Emblem or any anything like that. Like it's it's a grid system. You have a certain amount of movements that you can make. You have one action. You can take a turn and you only have those three guys that you the, the three pilots, the three mechs. Um, occasionally, depending on the, the circumstances of the stage you're playing, you'll have like little ancillary mechs or, or tanks or things like that. But for the most part, it's just those three. And it's yeah. just waves of these giant bugs. And I thought I was doing something wrong for the longest mm -hmm. time. I thought I was like, I have to be earning other people or or something. Like, I must be... I must, there must be a mechanic where I rescue someone and then they're just with me. And it's not. It, you're only operating with those three. And it just seems so impossible. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that um, it's, it is brutally hard. And it's interesting because, like... You know, I've heard of other people who have reviewed uh, this game, and, and that's what kind of got me interested in play it. And they talk about it as, like, kind of this kind of, like, it's a really good mix between strategy and also puzzle game. There's, like, a lot of spatial puzzling you have to do, because yeah. something we haven't mentioned yet is that uh, the game will tell you where the enemies are going to spawn next during your turn. And if you can kind of push enemies or put yourself on top of those spaces, they're just not going to spawn. And and most but you of the do mission, take you do take damage. That's true. If that you're standing true. on them, yeah. Uh, but sometimes taking that damage, almost always taking that damage is preferable, unless it'll kill you. Uh, to to having them spawn, but um, yeah, I think that uh, there's different terrain types as well. That uh, water can kill certain bugs, and uh, mountains that some bugs can't cross, and like. There's, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting mechanics going on, and what I'm trying to get at is it may seem like there's a lot of luck involved in terms of, like, the type of bugs you end up going up against and where they end up attacking, because that, really, that can really suck, is, like, if the one turn you need to rest or get across the map or whatever they decide to go after your buildings you know it's like yes. sometimes they can go after you and sometimes they can go after your buildings when they go after buildings and you have no way to to stop that like you just feel like oh wow well i just i just was really unlucky and now i'm gonna fail this mission and there's like nothing right. you can do about it but you know i think that uh for the most part if you once you start getting really good at the game there's ways to minimize that luck and like and like you said even though this is a roguelike there's a really interesting like idea of like i don't know if it's it's not time travel right is it like you can it, carry hard. pilots over like how do you how would you describe that mechanic of like you have these pilots that give you certain abilities and if they die they die you lose them forever 
But if you fail a mission and some of your pilots are still alive, you're able to carry one of those pilots on with you, right? Right. So it's... They say timelines and things like that, but it is more like alternate universe style because every time you go to... you, You trigger that, the island that you were on is different. Like, the setup is different. Mm. So, it kind of blurs the lines a little bit. I found the, like, I think that it's really interesting when games do try to, like, narratively make the idea of a roguelike or, like, starting over all the time, like, make sense. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, when you're playing the original Super Mario, like, and you die and you just start back at, over at the beginning, there's no narrative reason for that, right? Uh, <laughs> where, whereas, you know, in this game, they kind of try to make it. I think it's done far better in Hades, which we've already mentioned earlier. Yes. Where, like, I think that that story is just perfect for that idea of, like, you know, you're dying and coming back and in the river sticks and all that stuff. Um, I think that this game, it's a little bit more convoluted, but I, I, I still think it works. I think I still think it's like an interesting thing to do with the roguelike genre. But yeah, it's it's one of the better mechanics that that we've seen mm-hmm. in a, an episode not too long ago. We covered stories, the path of destiny, and that was, you know, as cut and dry a premise as possible. It's like you just got a magical book that allows you to <laughs> reset. This at least tries in a in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I don't always like it because I don't I don't totally understand how you would only be able to transfer one pilot to another timeline. I don't know why any other guys that are not alive wouldn't be able to all do that at once, or yeah. why they would be alive again when you reset the timeline. It. Right. It doesn't totally, totally make sense, but A for effort. They they have, like, limited power resources, I think, is the excuse that they use in in the game. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We can only save one of you, so it's going to be the one I like (laughs) the most. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I, I, like, that also comes into play, like, with how, like, my dumb, broken brain works is, like, if I think that a pilot has a really good ability and I lose that pilot, I just start over. I'm just like... I just bail on the whole uh, thing. Yeah, I I literally... I have played the first, like, two areas so many times, and I've never (laughs) progressed past that, because by the time I get to the second one, it's probably that boss that Shay was talking about that just ends up wiping me out. I mean, have you you guys ever just lost all your pilots? (laughs) Oh, a lot. And you just keep going. See, if that happens to me, I'm just like, okay, I'm just starting over. <laughs> which is yeah. not like something the game is not set up so that like you're supposed to feel that way but for some reason i do i'm just like <laughs> it just feels so like there's no soul left in the game for me if all of my pilots are dead or if my favorite one dies i'm yeah. just like no i'm I'm starting over that fuck this noise <laughs> yeah i do it because i give all of my pilots names and become very attached to them <laughs> yeah. for example uh fred savage and Oh yeah, uh, my other pilot, the other savage, yeah. <laughs> the one from Boy Meets World. Who's that? I don't know. Uh, I, the, ben. Savage? Can't remember what the other savage's name is. But it's that's not the name important. of my pilot. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that. the The roguelike aspect of this is one of two really interesting spins on the turn-based strategy genre. The other is pushing, which you don't see a lot, like as unless a core you, mechanic for the battle. Unless you're. Unless you're dumb and play Gloomhaven like me and Shay. 
<laughs> oh yeah that's a good point there's a lot of pushing and pulling in that game yeah is that the core mechanic of gloomhaven it's not the core mechanic okay okay but there is a lot of it all right more than you'd think in a game about a bunch of like fantasy creatures with swords like <laughs> anyway but yeah i i think it works really well in this because it, it's kind of like a tiny kaiju battle right oh, so yeah. like if a giant mech punches a giant bug, it's going to fall backwards into a building or another creature or a mountain or something like that. Like it's, it's like watching a power Rangers episode yeah. play out a little bit. <laughs> and for that to be the core mechanic, like every attack you take pushes the enemy in the direction that you hit them. So, uh, building the strategy around that, not knocking them into buildings. So you're not taking unnecessary casualties or damaging your power grid or anything like that like mm -hmm. having to think like that in almost a, a chess sort of way is like really i said it's a puzzle fun. right it's a spatial yeah, for sure. puzzle is exactly what it is uh, and, and um not to cut you off there but i you just brought it up i would love to to talk talk about these systems but the power grid and the casualties systems and how all that works yeah. Um, oh, for a second something... there, Lex, I thought you were going to dive deeper into Power Rangers. I was <laughs> yeah. very excited for a second. Uh, I don't think that Tommy should have been made the White Ranger. I had no problem whatsoever with him being the Green Ranger. And uh, I... uh, But yeah, before we, we get into that, I will say that it, it's interesting because like the art style is is very like pixel art but it's beautiful i think it looks amazing it looks like a great game and uh the way you kind of the view is a um isometric view right you have like a fixed camera and you're just looking at it kind of at a what angle would you call that at like a I don't know. Oh, this ain't a math podcast. <laughs> yeah, this ain't geometry class. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 45 degrees. And if you look yeah. at our Instagram right now, um, we have our, our art for this episode is, is an actual screenshot from the game that I just added a bunch of stuff to. That's your actual view of your board for every stage. Yeah, real gameplay footage. Um, yeah, you ne <laughs> yeah, it never really changes. Like, the biomes kind of change. You can be in deserts and forests and cities and, like, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's, like, it's all these kind of... I, don't, I almost call it like cute pixel art <laughs> like it's not like you know I, I it's uh it's funny because it's supposed to be this game about these giant kaijus and these giant mechs and you're fighting and stuff but it looks so cute like there's <laughs> from like yeah. the isometric view they're like these tiny little things and um it's uh you know it i think it's great i think it works but um it's just interesting that you'd think they would uh, like at least give you a different camera angle so that you can kind of get this idea of like massiveness but yeah it is it is one of the cleaner pixel art styles that we've we've covered on this show for sure and we'll we'll get into that when we do our rating system and stuff like that because shade typically has a differing opinion when it comes to pixel stuff so we'll <laughs> we'll see how that shakes out but i mean other than the difficulty like this is an enjoyable experience overall i don't know this is going to be one of my shotgun decision episodes when it comes to our rating system so <laughs> i'm definitely going to be talked into or out of points on this one and uh unless we have anything else that you guys want to cover i think we can get into our pros and cons oh i i did want to just take one second to talk about like the power grid and, and oh yeah yeah, yeah i'm sorry that shit 
just baffles me. <laughs> I don't fully comprehend it. <laughs> it's it is. And maybe this is the other reason this game makes me feel so stupid is like not because I'm also because I'm bad at it, but also it's like, and whenever your buildings take damage, sometimes people will die, but sometimes they won't, and then sometimes you'll lose power grid, which you need the power grid to do something. Uh, and it's like yeah, I think, exactly. you I think it's these... a soylent green situation. <laughs> so straight and then you have these like upgrade orbs that you can get which you can turn into power sometimes it's it's one of the only like where this game like loses it's like 10 out of 10 status for me is probably in those mechanics those systems spoilers Um, lex sorry (laughs) (laughs) i I think yeah we should get into pros and cons now but now that i've said that look at that crawling out of the ground it's not okay it's pros and cons what Quick, Lex, like stand on it. <laughs> I'm at one health. No. <laughs> Embarrassingly, I didn't realize you took damage for a little bit. And then I lost <laughs> one of my mechs. And I'm like, oh, I okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then I just prioritized shoving the bugs onto those points. Yeah. I, I'm so relieved that to hear that you at least you dan thought that the, those systems were a little bit complicated and convoluted oh it does a very bad job of explaining anything which is going to be my first big con to be fair yeah. it really is like here you go fucker figure it out on your own <laughs> it, it it really <laughs> assumes that you played like any other strategy game and that you've also played like ftl um which yeah i hadn't before i played this one have you gone back to play it now? No, I have not. But I, I, okay. I, at this point, I only play it to spite people because everyone tells me <laughs> to play that game. I'm just like, no, I don't want to now. <laughs> the more people yeah. tell me to play that game, the less. Like anytime anyone finds out that I'm like, I'm a board, I'm a board gamer who also likes video games. They're like, oh, have you played FTL? I'm like, no, I haven't played that game, and I'm not going to. So stop asking. Yeah, I had a similar experience because I work as a karaoke DJ and one of the servers at uh, one of the places I, I work, uh, when I told him we were covering this, he was like, did you play FTL? FTL is so good. And you're absolutely right. It, it does have a negative effect where I'm like, I don't know. No, too. I haven't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's going to be my first big con is is that it kind of takes for granted. It's It's not a game for beginners by any stretch. And I think there's this idea that when it is a pixelated style or or anything like that like it does seem like a lesser game quote unquote do you know what i mean like yeah kind of introductory because my brain goes to like the old nes games that were a little bit simpler than what we're dealing with now not to say that nes games weren't unbelievably difficult in their own right i watched somebody stream the the old chip and dale rescue rangers game and that game seems fucking impossible (laughs) well i believe they intentionally made them crazy difficult right like a lot of those old like the lion king game like they were literally they told the programmers like hey nobody can be allowed to beat this game (laughs) like right you have to make this game as just clunky and unplayable as possible (laughs) we've we've talked about this a little bit before but it's 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 lengthening a game on a false premise. Right. Like, I'm totally fine if a game only lasts two or three hours and I I can get through it. Mm-hmm. The Lion King is actually a great example because I don't think to this day I've ever beaten that. And the second stage where you're doing the, like, jumping from the, the heads of the giraffes and things like that yeah. still fucks me up. It's it's impossible. It's like 
almost physically impossible. To yeah, they they released a, a Disney like remix pack for PlayStation at some point, and I'm like, oh, I'm still bad at this. It wasn't the fact that I was 10 years old when I played it last. I, it's just really hard. And I'm not I'm not positive that this game falls under that necessarily. I think it just it just doesn't really consider that this is not the most popular genre for video mm -hmm. game. So you have to be really, really seasoned in this specific type of thing. Like tactics games haven't been popular in a while, with the exception of Fire Emblem, right. which is a big franchise and a lot of people have played, just not me. And so if you have that base knowledge, like you're a little bit better off. But I, I think even with that, the learning curve with certain aspects of this game is really, really steep. But yeah, what do you guys got? All right. I'm going to throw out this pro, and I think it may be like a recency bias kind of a thing because of my the fucking bitter taste of my mouth from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> but I love that you can take all the goddamn time you want to take your turn. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I do like that. Yeah. Turn-based yeah. turn strategy and single-player. Like, as much as I, like I just talked about how much I love multiplayer, but, like, it being a single-player kind of puzzle-like experience, like, being able to just sit there and kind of, like, really map things out. And it's interesting that you say that, Shay, because, like... It's also one of the big reasons why I love, like, solo board games, uh, which is a whole other thing. Like, it's, it's this extreme niche of a already kind of niche hob hobby. <laughs> it's like, so people are like, what, you like like solitaire? It's like, no, like, there there's a growing movement in the board game community of, like, especially during the pandemic, of just really, really good solo board games that came out. Um, and just, like, that's one of the things, like, like, like this game is like you can just sit there and like really take your time to like map out exactly what you want to do and like um i also love just piggybacking off of that i also love the um every once every mission you get to just completely like <laughs> mulligan you completely like just have a do-over you're like yeah Ooh, this is not going how i thought it was going to i'm gonna do that do-over and it's like it's like a really simple thing that really helps um mitigate some of that luck right I think that the game could really have used something like the hero mode in Hades, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but every, yeah. if, if you have that on, every time you die in Hades, you get like 2% more defense. So it's it's like this small tweak to the game that made it so much easier for me to actually progress through. Yeah, And I, I, I don't know what the answer for that is in Into the Breach, but I really felt like some sort of mode like that uh, into this game would help uh, us uh, dullards like actually get past the second area of the game. Well, I think I think narratively they kind of um, painted themselves into a corner on that front because uh, they spend like every other mechanic of the game is based on like how little resources humanity has yeah. left at their disposal. So like there's there's no way that you can like come back and all of a sudden you have more grid power than when you left. Yeah, that's true. Something like that. Right. And if your mech gets blown up, then and if everything you put into it is just null and void. <laughs> yeah, it's literally the opposite of hero mode in that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly why I just start over <laughs> whenever yeah. things start to. As soon as I get the slightest whiff of things turning south, I hit the reset button. <laughs> is this? Would you say this is one of the most rage quits you've ever put into a game? 
Oh, uh, definitely not. No. Okay. Um, I, every time I, I, every time I do quit, I'm just like, I still feel like I had a satisfying experience, you know? And that's, that's, that's what I mean by like, it's the hardest game that I like the most is because it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And I really enjoy it. Oh my God. Like... Get the fuck off this podcast. <laughs> podcast canceled. I just said that to piss Shay off, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I have that tattooed on my on my ankle. <laughs> just just hey, out of Hey, listen, you bruised there, buddy, not me. <laughs> just to spite Shay. Uh, <laughs> the joke's on me because I have to look at it every day. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I think that, uh, like, just the satisfying puzzle of it, like, even if you're having a shit run, like, just being able to dunk an enemy in, like, a really like satisfying way that you weren't yeah. expecting to pull off like it just makes it worth it it makes playing the whole game and being really bad at it worth it yeah um, i will say this has one of the highest like sense of accomplishment uh ratios like if you have a really good run and you take no damage even on a single stage you're like fucking crushed it hell yeah, yeah. like I, I will say that that is uh, a big pro for me even living vicariously through shay as shay went through this tear <laughs> oh for like, sure just really good luck like just watching that unfold was incredibly satisfying until i fell asleep because i was very tired but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh shay was doing great and i i I might have just shay i don't know if i fell asleep or i just passed out in disbelief i think that's what happened (laughs) just put yourself into a soft coma (laughs) yeah there's there's nothing really to write home about when it comes to the music which is something we we tend to touch upon it's fine it's, it's... I was gonna say like, oh, I really like the music because uh, I'm a generally a pretty positive person. But then I'm like, wait, I can't like think of a single like when I think of Hades, I like know like the music comes to my mind immediately, right? Oh yeah. Uh, but then I'm like trying to think of like the tracks in this game, and I'm just like, eh, it's just kind of like generic sci-fi, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, just nothing really that special about it. Sorry yeah. if the composer ever listens to this podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, <I> our love... <laughs> our bad. Uh, I've even named. I don't normally name composers in our short change, and I did it this time. And we just talk to shit really, immediately. Just to really call them out. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not a. I you, would definitely you not did put your it job. Under the con, yeah, I wouldn't put it under the con category. It was oh just not <laughs> noticeable. The more you talk about it, the more of a dunk it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> really, really shoving that. F- you, you tried. <laughs> you tried, and you know what? <laughs> That's what counts. It's it's the effort. Uh, <laughs> um, do either of you have anything else pro or con wise, or are we ready to? Uh, to rate this puppy big pro for me was that one of the ceos of the island owning corporations that you go to looks like uh zoe wanamaker from harry potter and many other things i it's funny you mentioned that because i thought the first one looked like uh john hodgman mm. oh, I've, oh yeah. I've seen i've seen both of these people i know exactly <laughs> who both of you people are talking about you're our target audience lex <laughs> You are the center of this bed diagram. <laughs> I like as soon as you said both of those references, I was like, oh, and like in game, I like I remember seeing those people and thinking that too. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Which is crazy because it's a randomly generated thing, right? Like you don't have the same people pull, popping up every time. 
Oh, I don't know. No, the, I thought the president, like for the first island, was the same president no matter what. It's just oh, it, it wherever their corporate headquarters is moves around the island. Oh, it, it might. I mean, I guess that would make sense because then they don't. Yeah, it's like you don't want to have to make a whole bunch of different art and stuff for every. Yeah, time. yeah. I guess it makes sense. Uh, I thought I, are we gonna dunk on the artist now? <laughs> <laughs> no, we just talked about how great the art is. The art yeah. is wonderful, and I'm uh, a fan they, of John Hodgman. It works out great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a soft pro to say that this is kind of uh, an anti-capitalist game mm-hmm. because the whole thing is like a corporate government and then everything went into disarray so socialism the all the way that's yeah. right all right we ready to do this yeah let's fucking do it <laughs> so oh, wait. we already did it <laughs> fuck <laughs> does it work <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Does it work? That's a loaded question. Uh, yeah. Dan, Dan, how do you feel about that transition? <laughs> I loved it so much. Uh, perfect. It's our best one yet. We're all, we're 19 episodes in, and we're really perfecting the craft of podcasting. So, yeah, this is a full point, because I have no real complaints as far as how the control system works, how even really the battle system works. Everything does what it says it's supposed to do so i i can't take anything away from it yeah agreed i i think like i already kind of mentioned my qualms are is with the the extra layer of the complexity with like a lot of the mechanics that are added on top of like outside of battle and stuff Uh, i don't know if all of that super clicks with me but i think as far as main mechanics goes i think absolutely it does work for sure yeah yeah it's a fucking point and click rts yeah like like (laughs) It's, you can't mess that up <laughs> bread and butter yeah yep <laughs> so yes point for me also is it engaging this sucked me in more than i thought it would because at first it was like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i'm really angry about it and then <laughs> as i as i progressed further and further it it does give you an incentive to to really buckle down and like figure your strategies out and, and when you're repeating certain boards, especially, you go, all right, I know this works. I know I want to have the Vec avoid this area. So if I can kind of corral them by pushing them this direction, like, I, I think for that reason alone, it's incredibly yeah. engaging. That's, I think, enough to push me toward a full point. And I, I even going into this, I'm like, I don't know for this one, but quickly talked myself into a full point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that... Uh... It, for a game as punishing as it is, for me to just keep coming back to it, I think that that says all it, you know all I need to say about it for me. It's like, hell yeah, it's a point for me. Yeah, and like I think both of you actually brought it up, but like once you get going on a hot streak, you're like locked in. Yeah, like it, you can't you can't pull yourself away from from the game at that point. So point for me there also. Um, does it look good? So as as we said, for a pixelated game, this is one of the cleanest I've seen. Even when you know you have that grid system, and again, you can you can check out our Instagram for uh, for the artwork for this episode. That is your real view. So the the tiny mechs on there, uh, that's your battle system the whole time. Um, they do have certain other versions of the artwork where they're blown up and you get a little bit more detail. But I think everything is displayed really clearly. You can tell what everything is. So for this kind of package, I think it's got to be a full point for me. Yeah, uh, we, I won't, de- you know, 
keep keep talking about how great I think it looks, but uh, I also think the UI is really clean too. I think um, I think that sci-fi really normally isn't super my jam. I don't hate sci-fi by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that the 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 biomes are cool and the UI really does a good job integrating with with you know you feel like you're kind of uh, you know, in a mech world, right? Um, yeah. When you're dealing with the, the, the UI. So I think it, I think it looks great. I, that's a, yeah, a point for me. See, I'm really torn here. Yep. <laughs> As Dan predicted. Because <laughs> uh, you're right, it does look fine. <laughs> um, now I we dunk on the artist. <laughs> fucking hate this art style. Yeah, I hate the fucking pixelated games. Like, yeah, for the probably for the same reason that you hate puppets in movies. <laughs> Wait, is that true? That's a, that's a whole different thing. Oh no, I have. I, 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 Stop, man! You don't know. You don't know, dude. <laughs> I'm I'm not known for my love of puppetry in movies. Oh man, I was, Dad, the, should, my whole you, quiz is about Muppets Haunted House, what, I, Haunted Mansion. What the fuck are we gonna do? Yeah, uh, you need to go and listen to the Dark Crystal episode of Shay uh, <laughs> and I's old podcast. Oh my god, that's right. I kind of I think I glossed over it a little bit because I I was like that's a wrong opinion. Uh, <laughs> But I also didn't know Shay as well then, so yeah. to be fair. Uh, all right, all right, continue. I'm sorry. I'll I'll stew on that later. <laughs> I think we're about to get in a very similar conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I mean, I talked about t- talked to Dan about this on a, a different episode of of a game that was done in the same art style. I can't I can't remember which one it was, but like I fucking I think it might have been the Delta Rune episode. Actually, it was. Yeah. Like I hate I hate that art style because like. We all know that graphics don't look like this anymore. And, like, we all get that you're trying to do, like, a uh, throwback, like, tribute to fucking SNES games. But, like, that's just not how games are made to look anymore. Like, right. I, I don't know. Like, I like this one a little bit better because, like, yeah. I, I feel like the the shading is makes it, like deeper and yeah, there's like there is definitely a lot more detail as as yeah. opposed to something like children morta right although i right. think that children yeah. children morta definitely doesn't look as as good as this one um i'm just gonna see how many more times i could mention children morta. <laughs> i was gonna say you are determined to turn this into an episode about children of morta uh i will say as far as as far as looks go children of morta does not get a point for does it look good as fun <laughs> as that see, game is that shit. game looks fucking horrible i think the dungeons yeah the dungeons look not great especially you can never see the spikes which i think is probably on purpose but it sucks <laughs> shay and i always kill ourselves we, i think we've done more damage to ourselves on this the episode is not about children of morta <laughs> anyway but i think the the I, okay sorry you're right you're right <laughs> well shay we'll talk about this later but shay shay i'm this is the exact same point i had when we're talking about puppets and like and physical you know effects in oh, movies good. here we go ha- like <laughs> just copy and I paste think... everything from that episode into this like <laughs> i've done a little bit of like research into like what goes into creating pixel art and i think there's something very interesting in like in creating something that looks good and beautiful in a restricted environment and like 
not being able to use all of the pixels that you would normally have available to you. And like, okay, but and it's, in, but and it's invoking... the same thing I said about about Dan not using a mouse. Just because <laughs> yeah. the trackpad yeah. and dirt are good enough doesn't mean that there aren't better things. Why? Why? What I don't understand is why you would restrict yourself so much in 2018. Like, why are you handcuffing yourself right out of the gate? That's you know? fair. Yeah. I so I'm going to give it a half that... point, and we're going to move on before okay. this devolves right, into right. puppet talk. Gotcha. <laughs> Is there replayability? Uh, inherently, as a roguelike, yeah. And I think they give enough of an incentive, especially if you get on a good streak, and especially if you can keep a pilot going for long enough that any of the upgrades matter and stick, then yes. Um, none of us got far enough to beat the game, so we don't know what kind of incentives there are for that. I know that for certain things that you acquire, you can change up your your mechs and things like that, which isn't available to you right at the beginning of the game. So there is a an actual payoff, an actual reward for playing this multiple times through, which isn't always the case with, with some of these roguelikes. So, yeah, that's going to be a full. And I didn't think it was going to be. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lex, what do you think? Yeah, I don't have anything too interesting to say about this point. It's like, I consider some of my best friends to be the ones that like I can not talk to for a long time and then like run into them or give them a call randomly. And then just, it'd be like, we've been, you know, talking the whole time, right? Like, like it'd be like, we just hung out the other day. And I feel that way about this game where it's like, it has replayability, but I go like a long time in between not playing it. But when I do pick it up again, it just feels like an old friend, you know, that's like been there. So. That's really, really beautiful. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like that was, that's the best I've heard that put. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I, I, I give it a point for playability for sure. Fucking Lex with his FDR fireside chats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like Dan said, inherently roguelikes have uh, yeah. replayability. And like Lex said, it, you can go for long stretches without playing it, and it's just as good when you come back. So, point for me as well. Is there a story? Um. So, here, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Dan, that was the most heavy, like soul crushed. <laughs> so I've ever heard. Yeah, I think I'm not giving it a point at all mm -hmm. on this one i debated a half but mm -hmm. the story is so trivial mm -hmm. um and the actual mechanic of why you time travel or timeline jump or whatever is so uh wishy-washy and convoluted that it doesn't make a difference this game is all about gameplay i don't think the story brings anything to it which is funny because again, like they have a really seasoned writer that has done contributions for for this company, and it just doesn't it, it doesn't matter at all. I don't think I read through any of the I, cutscene is is probably giving it a little bit too much credit, but any of the conversations <laughs> that happen, I don't think I read any of it at mm -hmm. any point. So it's it's just no for me. Yeah, uh, I don't think question mark is an acceptable answer for this question. Uh, but that's what I would give it if I could, because <laughs> I honestly <laughs> don't know. I don't know about the story at all, because 
I haven't made it past like the second <laughs> fucking round that you can yeah. get through. Uh, and, and when I say second, not second area, like I've I've beaten the first full area. I mean, like the second place you island. go to. Yeah, island, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. By the time I get to the end of that, I'm just like, well, I'm gonna reset now and start over. <laughs> so yeah, and I couldn't agree more with Dan. Like the first two, as far as I've played up to that point, I feel very unqualified to talk about the story because I haven't progressed past that. But for those two that I have played, I'm like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I, can't, I literally could not care less. And I, yeah, I think like. I've played as much of it as I have, and I still couldn't tell you, like, whether it was time travel or alternate dimensions or, like, you know, that yeah. just goes to show how, like, not gripping uh, the story is. You really, like, you're even, like, <laughs> if, if it didn't, like, harm your score or your ability to earn resources and stuff, you would not give a shit if these people lived or died. No. <laughs> <laughs> if he's like survivors or whatever, like if it wasn't like the oh no, I now I don't get all the the rewards that I would have gotten. Yeah, it, you would not care at all. I yeah. mean, if you equate it to what it's trying to emulate, which is like a giant monster movie, like does anybody yeah. really give a shit about the exactly. story in a Godzilla film? Yeah, no, you want to see... tell the new Godzilla movies that for sure. I I, um, I enjoyed them, but they're kind of devoid devoid of any real story anyway. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's no. I want to see that big thing smack around this other big thing, <laughs> yeah. and that's all that matters. Yeah. So it's like every time a cutscene plays in Children of Morta. Lex <laughs> exactly. And I just no, no. It. I got it. You know. No, no. They, this as, one is. As this long one as does they're not it. adding another character to the story mode, I could give two shits right. what the family's doing. You know. Yeah. This mm. is actually <laughs> Dan. I, I'm sorry we're bringing up Children of Morta again, but this is actually a very good, a very good comparison because. This feels exactly the same. Like, in roguelikes in general, the only roguelike I think I've ever played where I actually give a shit about the story is Hades. That's it. Absolutely. I mean, that's... that's They they went way out of their way to make that story matter in, in a way that's just not really done in roguelike. So, they had yeah, these that's... great characters with great voice, voice actings and these great interactions that you have between all of them, really interesting relationships and ways to, like manipulate those relationships and stuff and this game has absolutely none of that so. yeah i i want to talk about you know inherent to roguelikes you know like you guys said to to kind of justify the mechanics of the game you have to make the story so distant from the game you know what i mean so that all of your like coming back from the dead and starting over and all that shit like makes sense yeah. Yeah. in your universe or like tangentially makes sense. And I think that that's an issue that is, is an issue across all roguelikes is because like the story has to take such a backseat mm -hmm. because of the way that the mechanics work that it, like, yeah, you know, unless you find that perfect framing device, like you like in Hades, exactly. yeah. like, there's mm -hmm. just, there's just no way to have story and gameplay in a roguelike for sure and so that's why i have zero points for mm -hmm. story yep all, all right. right and finally is it worth the cost so this retails at 14.99 i believe everywhere it's probably 19.99 on stadia <laughs> yeah it was also the last one to be added so that that's very possible but how would we ever find out <laughs> holy shit the soundtrack for this game is six dollars are you shitting me? All right. Well, this gets three points then. <laughs> no. Um, I'm, I think I'm sitting at a four. There's a lot more that I would have liked out of this, 
just little tweaks here and there that would have made this a five, but it provides enough gameplay that I don't think I've wasted any money. But at the same time, it's like, this doesn't feel totally complete. Like Lex was saying, having a hero mode probably would have made this uh, twice as good, if not more game. So four is, I think, where I'm sitting at. I may revise that. I'm going to let you guys answer and then and then we'll yeah. see. But I'm sitting at a four. Uh, yeah, I think my opinion is, uh, you know, uh, that's, this is why you guys bring me on as the board game expert. Uh, it's because my my opinion on this is very much skewed because <laughs> board games are ridiculously overpriced. And yep. so I'm like, $14 for a game that you get? You know, what a steal! <laughs> yeah, what a steal! Uh, yeah, no, I think that a full five for me, I think that it's absolutely worth it. Every, okay. every penny. I think when I bought it, back when like it first came out, I think it was above the $20 mark, but... Uh, I could be wrong, um, but yeah, even then, I thought it was it was absolutely worth it. I think I'm gonna give it five, also. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I mean, the art is, you know, what it is. Yeah. But I, I, there's a lot of meat on that bone if you mm. want it to be, and there's a lot of things to unlock, and it's like tough to get them. Um, and I think there's a lot of gameplay to be had, and because the game is so like divorced of story, you like can very much focus on unlocking stuff and just unlocking stuff, um, which I do think kind of adds to it. I, I think I think I'm gonna go with five. All right, that works. Uh, well, then our final scores, because I think I am sticking with the four, as as impassioned as those two explanations were. Oh, I wouldn't call mine impassioned. <laughs> I mean, take it with a grain of salt. So it's going to be eight points for me, 8.5 points for Shay, and nine points and a question mark from Lex. <laughs> Holy so, shit! Lex Lex was a question mark away from giving this game a perfect fucking 10? Yep, yep. True. Which, you know, I mean, it, it is, it's a good game. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's not uh, anything over, like I think we said before, the five or six point mark is a game we recommend so all three of us across the board do recommend this game uh just you know know that you're gonna want to throw whatever you're playing it on across the room a couple times <laughs> i'd say play some uh just a little bit of gameplay video i'm sure there's like youtube videos out there that's like beginners like tri tips and tricks uh i would rec really recommend doing that if you're gonna get into this game if you don't want to if you don't want to be banging your head against the wall for the first yeah you know, two or three hours playing it. But. Yeah, go pick up that IGN strat guide at the GameStop <laughs> yeah. like you did in 1995. Call Nintendo. You went home and played something on your SNES. <laughs> Call the Nintendo hotline. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, all right. Well, um, let's see. What do we got here? Oh, hey, uh, Shane Lex, you want to play a game? You know I do. Uh, but hold that thought. I forgot to get my dice like you told me to. Hang on. What? <laughs> One second. I'll just do my saw bit while we're waiting. Yeah, go for it. Dan, chain me to a radiator in a dirty-ass bathroom with a dead body in between me and a stranger. I would love to play a game. Ooh, we went old school on that one. Yeah, that's the OG trap. Only took us however many episodes we've been doing this. I kind of feel like I may have used that one already. I don't think you have. So unless you count the drone boss in Donut County, and you definitely shouldn't, we finally covered a mecha game, you guys. The <laughs> mecha genre 
has been a major component in video games for years, both with original IPs and adaptations of pre-existing and established franchises such as Macross or, as we mentioned before, Power Rangers. So all of the following questions are going to be about mechs in video games. And I've asked Lex to grab some dice just because we want to pay a little bit of an homage to Virtually Analog and, and Lex's love of board games. So Lex is going to be rolling different size polyhedrals to determine the order of which these questions are asked. So one through five for the first one on a D6, it's just going to be, you know, questions one through five. And then if it's a six, you guys can just choose at random. All right, cool. so go ahead and roll a die. All right, this is going to be some good audio here. They're like the dice clanking on the table here. A three. three. A three? All right. Yes. So starting off with question number three, are you guys familiar with Dynasty Warriors at all? It sounds uh, familiar. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think so. Dynasty Warriors is a very popular video game series in which you and a handful of other combatants, like a, a like a little squad, take on hordes of hundreds of enemies at once mm. in a third person melee combat. Did they make uh, a, a Legend of Zelda version of one of those games? Funny you should mention that because the series has worked with several other major IPs, including One Piece, Legend of Zelda, Fire Emblem, Fist of the North Star, and a bunch of others. But what was the first IP to be applied to this model? Power Rangers. It's got to be, right, Shay? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you the year if that helps. Yeah, that probably would help. Um, it's 2007. Ooh, maybe not Power Rangers then. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will remind probably, you right? that this, this is about mechs. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, Sonic Eggman. hasn't had a fucking... Mech they do game? have they do have well there is i mean i don't want to talk about sonic again today uh <laughs> <laughs> there is we could, a we could talk there about is a robot sonic if you'd rather talk about <laughs> you know what's funny in retrospect i really should have made a question about sonic because of the whole robotnik thing and all the mechs that are in that but i didn't think about it at the time so cool. there's uh, a robot version of sonic who's a major player in the it really franchise. is yeah uh, yeah I'm going to stick with my original answer of Power Rangers, even though the year doesn't sound right. I don't know what else it could be. All right, the Power Rangers sounds good to me. I don't think it's right, but we'll we'll stick. <laughs> I don't have a better I don't have a better guess, so. All right. So well, it X is Wait, wait. Is it uh is XCOM Max? <laughs> uh so the answer is <laughs> Gundam. I Oh, Gundam, man, yeah. we, we were closer than, we were closer than I thought we were. Gundam is a, is a, yeah. Yeah, so as I mentioned, the original Gundam Dynasty Warriors mashup was released in 2007. They made sure. three games in total, and then in 2013 released a collected edition with all three games wow. in one thing. So they churned out technically four games in only six years, which is a yeah. high release rate, especially for dope. something that's like a side project. Yeah. For, for both of these. Um, and then, interesting side note, there are conservatively like 200 different Gundam games dating all the way back to 1984. Wow. Like, that's such Holy an fuck. insanely popular franchise. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll roll a D4 on this one. Okay, D4 this time. Uh, two. Two, okay. In 2019... Bioware threw their hats into the ring of the mecha genre. After a huge amount of fanfare over the 2017 E3 announcement trailer, upon release, the game underdelivered on the premise, with heavy criticisms based around shallow gameplay and story. 
Although BioWare announced in February 2020 that they would be reinventing the core gameplay as part of a long-term plan, all future development was ceased in February 2021. What game am I talking about? Dan, can I buy a hint, please? No, no, read it again, read it again. I think I'm, uh, I think I got it. All right, the TLDR version is Bioware made a mech game, released it in uh, 2019, and then bailed on all future upgrades or patches or changes to it in February of this year. I mean, it could be Cyberpunk again, right? (laughs) Somebody has to bail on that. (laughs) No, that's a CD Projekt Red. Yeah, Thank no, you, that's Lex. not Bioware, but yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what's tripping me up is like Bioware. Bioware is such a big company. You think of, uh, and this who? was post acquisition, I think, too. Yeah, sure. Who makes Titanfall, Shay? Oh, uh, I don't know. That's okay. I don't. I don't, know, I don't think it's Titanfall. I don't think. I don't think Titanfall two came out. About yeah, story yeah. in Titanfall. So right. Exactly. Well, that's also what I was thinking. So, as your hint, I can tell you this game. Did not receive a sequel. And okay, great. At yeah, this I was point, say, probably Titanfall will 2 not. came out and people liked it. And so, yeah, I don't think it's, yeah, obviously not Titanfall. I'm just trying to think of other big. Um... Lex, what are, some, what are some other games that Bioware made that might help jog my memory? Um... Their big ones are, are the Dragon Age games. And if I'm not mistaken, which I probably am. I think it's um, uh, Mass Effect. Yes. Ooh, if they fucked up another game besides Mass Effect. <laughs> and boy, <laughs> did they ever. in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I tell you what it is, unless you guys guess it, uh, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that sucked. Man, uh, oh, come on. There was this, this feels tons of press. Of yeah, yeah, there was a ton of press around this when it was announced, and then it just completely fizzled upon launch. Like... You didn't hear anything about it from that point on. What do you think, Lex? I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm uh, oh, oh, oh! It, it, it's not what I feel like. There was one that came out around the same time as like Apex. Everyone thought it was going to be like the competitor to Apex, and then it super wasn't. Um, uh, shit. Um, Overdrive. Is that what that game was called? No. Overwatch? Overwatch. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, man, this is going to kill me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know. I have either. no answers here. <laughs> it is Anthem. Anthem! That's Because oh, I remember Anthem and Apex coming out around the same time. I'm yep. like, both A games, and Apex took off, and then Anthem. Yeah, it was, that was on my tongue. That was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, that was I remember... Watching the trailer for that the first time, and yeah. like you're like flying through like this jungle, like all these vines in these yeah. battle suits, and it looks incredible. And I guess it just, I guess it was just so shallow because you're just grinding and grinding. Like it, it, it seemed like it was more like Destiny than what they made it out to be. Yeah, is what it boiled down to. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so uh, we'll roll the d4 again, sure. and then if you get four, we'll just do. Uh, you guys can pick again. Two. Two. All right. What long-running game series, originally starting development as a sequel to Chrono Trigger, was spun into its own IP as a science fiction RPG series featuring mechs with various usages, uh, depending on the entry, with mechs called Gears, Skells, 
or Mechon? Uh, Xenoblade. Yeah, it's the Xeno yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nailed it. And the most recent game, as as Shay can tell you, they're called Artifices, right? Hmm. No, they're Mechon in that game. Are they Mechon oh, too? There's another. Sorry, there's another game that came out s- since the one that I have. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a sequel. Game, yeah. Oh yeah. So if you yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I only ever played Xeno Gears, the first one, which I really really enjoyed. It's it's insane because, again, speaking of Power Rangers, you would have these <laughs> like turn-based battle things and then you could just be like fuck this and jump into a giant mech and then the whole uh screen would change and you'd be fighting standard enemies and just stomp them out it was hilarious i loved it so much all right two questions remaining we will do this uh how about just with a coin flip i can do that a big uh, silver dollar heel that should make lots of noise when it lands you don't have dice next to you, but you have a fucking silver dollar. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's tails. Yeah, my my son can't swallow a silver dollar. <laughs> don't challenge him to it. So, admittedly, the battle royale genre is not for me. Um, we've mentioned now a couple times uh, a couple different battle royale games just in this episode alone. But I've never been a fan, really, of being regularly and handily decimated. Yeah. and or getting cursed at by tweens personally sure. so um the genre makes up such a large percentage of market share right now for online players games like fallout 76 and call of duty black ops 4 implemented battle royale modes to cash in on the trend however respawn entertainment the developers of as lex asked accidentally apex legends <laughs> built a team-based single death no respawn deathmatch mode into one of their games when it released in 2016 which was one whole year before PUBG kicked off the phenomenon mm-hmm. what game was it in oh, shit. um hmm Shay, you got a guess can i buy a hint please dan uh we've already mentioned it anthem no just kidding um, <laughs> <laughs> um when did you say it came out 2016 or it was patched or something uh the the game itself was released in 2016 okay it may have been day one but i i wasn't able to I, i'm almost positive it was day one hmm. that this this was in there um but it wasn't in the original uh because this is a sequel oh is it titanfall it is titanfall 2 oh, yeah wow yep so it's just funny that they were like oh wait we did this already let's just make a game that's just this <laughs> and made apex <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's a good job. All right, and we have one final question. No coin flips, no dice rolls necessary. And it worked out great because I love talking about this person. (laughs) I can never decide if Hideo Kojima is a madman or a genius. Both, right? Pretty much. That's what we've come to the conclusion on him. As time (laughs) went on in the Metal Gear series, uh, the names of characters got wilder and wilder, Mm -hmm. giving us memorable monikers such as Shalashaska, and Hot Cold Man. Uh, <laughs> same goes for the namesake Mecha themselves. Kojima went from designations like Metal Gear Rex, Metal Gear Ray, and the Arsenal Gear to what in Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain? Artipithecus, Paranthropus, or Sahelanthropus? That's going to be your only multiple choice one. It's got to be that last one, right, Shay? Man, it would have helped if I had booted up this game at all. <laughs> it would have helped if anybody I, had booted I own up it. this game at all. I own it. Uh, I've never played it. 
Uh, Keep meaning to, but just don't. <laughs> and uh, I kind of... what Dan, can you read that middle one again? Yeah, Paranthropus. Okay, and the last one? Sahelanthropus. So normally for these multiple choice questions, I'll just make shit up. But <laughs> all three of these answers are pre-human extinct hominids. So you're welcome. <laughs> While you did your fucking research for this one. I try uh, sometimes. I'm sticking with my gut. My That third one sounds exactly like Hideo's jam. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with the third one. It is indeed Sahelanthropus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and and like because of the way the the Metal Gear series works, it's timeline wise. I think the second in the series. Mm-hmm. So they went back to Metal Gear Rex or Ray after Sahelanthropus was already a thing, <laughs> and also a much more sophisticated mech. It doesn't make it's fucking whatever. Hideo, I love you to death, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, well then, kids, this episode, it is three out of five added to Shay's point total. Very good job. That was way better than I thought we were going to do, Shay. (laughs) (laughs) I think you pulled out all the answers on that one. I got got lucky on that last one, but... I I mean, you you accidentally mentioned uh, Titanfall, so... (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That was the only game of mechs I could think of. There were so many to choose from, and I'm still kind of mad at myself for not including a Sonic question now that it was mentioned. (laughs) But, you know, it is what it is. You live, you learn. Yeah. It's not not the journey, it's the destination. Uh, So! (laughs) Fuck out of here, my God. (laughs) All right. Uh, Lex, do you have anything you want to plug? No, I don't do anything else anymore. That's that's being that's being modest, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually did stream last week once. Uh so just to keep, just after the whole Twitch fiasco, I felt like it was a good idea to get on and make sure I still had access to my account. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, I'm definitely going to be streaming more in the upcoming few days here and uh yeah, you can follow me there and get notifications for for when I go live at uh, twitch.tv/virtuallyanalog. I play a lot of board game arena, which I am happy to say I've gotten Dan into re- as of recently. Yep, and um, we may, we may, we might possibly have some news about that in the coming months. We'll yeah. we'll see. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah. If so, BGA is board yeah board game arena, um, and uh, it's just a website that you can play board games on, and I think it's great, and I think it's underrated. And, um, I've been, I've not only been playing a bunch of games on there, not only have a lot of good games been added to Board Game Arena, but I've also started learning how to develop games for Board Game Arena. So Which that's is been extremely exciting. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to what kind of stuff you can come up with just yeah. with your, your ridiculous amount of experience in the, in, in the board game genre. Yeah. I, I can only expect good things. Yeah. So the, so the hard thing is that, but also the good thing, the thing that I like about board game arena is that every game on there is fully licensed to be on there. Um, there's other ways to play board games online, but a lot of the times they're kind of shady. They don't usually have permission from the authors and stuff. Right. It's words with friends as opposed to Scrabble, that kind of right, thing. Right, exactly. Whereas a board game arena, every single game that's on there is there legally with permission, express permission from the the, the publisher and the designer. So um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be able to put all the games that I can code on there, but um, I do have a friend who made a pretty good 
uh, board game recently, and he gave me permission to put his game on there. So that's kind of my first project oh, I'm so going to be cool. working on. Yeah, so um, it's kind of a, a drafting set collection type game. It should be should be fun. But yeah, so been doing a lot of that. Um, Matthew and I are kind of we really want to get the podcast started up again. Uh, we had some issues with our feed. Uh, we were trying to move away from our our crappy uh, service provider onto Anchor, and uh, the yeah we were having issues. So um, give us more money, Anchor. That was an endorsement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so um, yeah, we uh, we we have a podcast. We talk about board board games and video games. Come listen to old episodes, and uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll be getting some new ones on there soon. So, as for us, you can find or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at BNG Pod, where we post things like our cheap codes, which is different sales that are going on with games that you know we try to keep as updated as possible. And also all the artwork for the episodes. If you don't use a streaming service that puts that right in there, you can check all those out there. If you want to share the show, you can do so with our hosting site, which is anchor.fm slash bngpod. And if you want to send us an email for any reason with game suggestions or just comments or uh, to give us the inevitable backlash about talking about this composer, if you are the composer (laughs) specifically... Drop one in the DMs, and you can do that at BrokeNGamingPod at gmail.com. So, uh, hey, Shay, what are we playing next time? Next time, Dan, we'll be celebrating our 20th episode by playing Arkham Asylum uh, with a special guest. And that guest is going to be my brother, Russell, who is an avid comic book fan and a hot take machine, so it's going to be great. Uh, He's already got a lot to say about this game and some other games that we've covered, so I'm looking forward to it. But until then, goodbye, absolutely everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> we pilot mechs and battle the get. I fucking knew it. Yes! <laughs> That's staying. Um, let me try that. This is why you guys don't have me on very often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always begging to come on the show, and you guys are like, no, Lex, you'll fuck it up. You'll fuck up the intro, like you always do. This is all now post credit stuff. <laughs>